Hey everybody, welcome to this special in-person live taping edition of Generally Irritable with Miss Tara Fairfientink. Yes. Right? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, you guys. Uh, Fairfientink. Off camera, I said it like 15 times and then I we restarted again because I'm adding extra letters. For the audience, so if they wanna look you up and search for you, Spell your last name for everybody. Sure, it is F as in Foxtrot, E, R, F as in Foxtrot, and then Yentink, J, E, N, T, I, N, K. Fairfientink, it's a Dutch last name. I love it, because that's, that's gonna be one of the things that's so important is for people to find you, find your messages in various places around the internet and share, 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 share. Uh, one of the reasons that I'm so excited to have Tara on today is this fierce warrior's heart that she has to fight for not only her children, but Vermont's children and children across the country. Uh, we're seeing a, an unprecedented, in my opinion, um, overreach of, of the state school districts and various municipalities around the country that believe they have more rights to your children, that believe that they can better serve, protect, and raise your children than you can. And, um, you know, Tara, I had probably three or four different people all at once say, you have to have Tara on the show. You have mm. to talk to this woman. Mm. She is she is fighting the 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 gender ideology things that we're seeing in our schools. Uh, she's really stepping up in a way um, that we we aren't necessarily seeing parents step up. Correct. And so so if you would, Tara, just share share with me and with our viewers a little bit about. Um, where, what's going on in Ferrisburg, Ferrisburg, Vermont? Um, what, what happened that sort of triggered you getting involved in the fight? Yeah, thank you, Erica. Yeah, it's been a very interesting journey. Um, I think a lot of parents are very unaware as to what is going on behind closed doors. Um, my third grade daughter, I have a third grader and a first grader at Ferrisburg Central School. And my third grader started coming home and sharing with me verbatim what she was learning behind the scenes. So it started with health class. Wait, so, okay. So just to be clear, this, is, this, was, this was crazy to me to hear that first graders and third graders would be having a health class. Mm -hmm. um, because we didn't get that until 10th grade, high school, when I was in, in school. But but keep going. Mm -hmm. So they have mm -hmm. so they have health class in elementary school. Yes, they have health class, and I'm not against you know health class or learning about the body or you know different things you know healthy living mm. and all those different types of things. But when the overview of sequence and scope was brought home and given to the parents, the the issue here, Erica, is that what was on the overview of sequence and scope was not exactly what was being taught in class. Mm. There were things being taught without parental knowledge or consent. Okay, so can you give us an example? Absolutely, so my daughter came home and she, she said, mom, did you know that if somebody is unsure of their gender identity, if, if they are um, a niece or a nephew, we now call them a nibbling. Oh, 
It's okay. now a universal term that we call them a nibbling. And if an aunt or an uncle is unsure of their gender identity, we now call them an uncle. We combined the terms aunt and uncle. So, so, <laughs> so this was under the first the first month of health class um, this year, and the the topic on the overview of sequence and scope had to do with genetics and family. I don't understand what. Okay, so what does this? have to do with health, I guess, is my question. Why mm. Why is introducing new words and new language a part of a health conversation with elementary school students? Yeah, to be honest, there's, there's less of a focus on academics and more focus on a political agenda of gender-affirming care. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. This isn't really a class about health. This is a class about we are trying to, I mean, I hate to use the word indoctrination because it's so loaded now and I feel like people are using it sometimes in a way that's not real, but that really is what that sounds like. If we're not actually talking about health, if we're not saying, you know, here's what good to eat, here's we're we're, we're teaching them new language, how do you see that as something other than um, pushing an ideology? Right, that's correct. And especially when it wasn't on the overview of sequence and scope and you're learning about it from your third grader coming home, um, my daughter remembers things very well. And so even last year, I asked if I could sit in and observe health class. And the principal last year was a different principal. And um, he allowed my children during a portion of the year to sit out, um, which was great. Women Safe is an external um, group that comes in to teach the children uh, kindergarten through sixth grade. And Women's they, Safe? Women's Safe is the Women's name of safe. the group. Okay. And that is, that is something that the district has been willing to allow our children to sit out from. Okay. But what is happening is mm. ideologies are being slipped in throughout the entire curriculum. Mm. And so, so this class is not actually being taught by educators, or do you know, is, is that group, are they actually teachers? Because I was pretty sure uh, you know, fam family members of mine that are in teaching had to get a degree, they had to be fingerprinted, they had to go through a whole process before they were allowed to teach children. Do you know if this organization is kept to that same standard? I am unsure as to those details. Okay. Um, they, they do come in and teach our children. That is creepy. I don't know if you guys can hear the F-35s going by. Uh, but that's the sound of freedom, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we may have to take a break at some point just because it gets really loud and obnoxious. Um, okay, so we've got this outside group coming in teaching health class to elementary school students. So did you get to sit in on the class? So I had to ask permission from the district superintendent last year and the answer was no, you're not allowed to come sit in on health class. Why? It has to do with certain privacy policies of the district, and they also stated that federal law, FERPA, F-E-R-P-A, FERPA law is a privacy policy that is supposed to protect the children um, in the classroom. From their parents? I don't understand, what is that? Yeah, so that's exactly how I felt. You know, I said to the district superintendent, I said, hypothetically, I would have no issue with you as the district superintendent or a teacher, you know, being invited over to my home to observe how I, you know, speak to my husband, teach my children. Yeah. I have nothing to hide. It seems as though what is being hidden. That's why I, I okay, okay, hold on. So backing up a little bit again. I mean, I remember we had parent 
AIDS back in the day. And I know they do have that still in Texas. You can go as a parent, be a teacher's aide and help out in the classroom. What, who, who are they claiming is being protected by privacy that the parents can't be in the classroom? Yeah, that are is, they saying it's the kids? Is it the that teacher? Is correct. They're saying that it's the kids. There, there are certain kids, you know, who might have different challenges or whatever. And so I asked the district superintendent. I said, "What's the difference?" I said, "Erica, what's the difference of being an observer versus being a volunteer?" I, well, and all, not to mention the fact that you've got parent-teacher stuff going on. You have different events at the school where you're gonna see all those kids anyway, I don't. Yeah, the district superintendent said the difference between an observer and a volunteer is that the volunteer has to go through a, a training and a background check and I had this later confirmed, there is no formal training for the volunteers. The only training that's available is um, a meeting if somebody wants to be a formal substitute teacher and it's a payroll meeting. Okay, so it sounds like you just got told a bunch of stuff so that they could try to get you to go away. There's a lot of intimidation tactics as well as, you know, I had an email exchange with the uh, district superintendent and there were a lot of school policies that were being thrown as a as a, a way to intimidate. Mm, keep you from asking more questions or coming in and yeah, doing more Yeah, but I, I did my research, I did my homework, I read through all of the school policies, I read through state statutes, I read through federal law. Wow, okay, we got a, we got a studious <laughs> person over here, you guys. This is, this is Tara, one of the things that I talk about with people all the time, <clears throat> if you do not know your rights, if you do not know what the state can and cannot do, then they can really run roughshod over you. Yeah. Um, but it can be very challenging because it's often written in such a way that mm. normal people can't understand mm. what it says mm -hmm. or you have to have legal representation. But it sounds like you you saw that there was something going on. Uh, you Somebody thought they could bully you mm -hmm. out of asking questions, maybe get rid of you. And then you said, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, you're not gonna intimidate me. <laughs> Uh, yes. That's what it sounds because you yeah. guys, we, we may or may not get into uh, Tara's uh, experience and testimony, but, but you guys, if you get a chance, go listen to her, share her testimony and talk about where she comes from. Uh, because, you know, one of the things I, I kind of always joke about is uh, with me is, oh, you messed with the wrong person. Hmm. I'm not going to let you bully me. If you right. bully me or you try to intimidate me, that immediately puts me into fight mode because you're not going to get over on me. Right, exactly. And, and yeah. especially, I imagine, when, when we're talking about your kids, that mama bear instinct had to have kicked in. Mama bear instinct definitely kicked in and okay. took over. Yeah, that is, that is true. Um, so when my daughter came home and started telling me what was being discussed behind closed doors without parental knowledge or consent, I, I figured out um, at that point in time, I had no idea. A couple other families were already withdrawing their children from that health class. Oh, wow. Okay. So you were not the only one. So I was not the only one. And so myself and another mother had a in-person meeting with Ferrisburg Central School's principal. <clears throat> and district equity coordinator, which up until that point, I did not know that title existed. Okay, so this is a, I'm always so taken aback about when I hear, so Ferrisburg, you guys, is not a big town. 
uh, nor is the area very well populated to begin with. Yeah, it's Addison Northwest School District, and so she's the equity coordinator for the entire district. Okay, so it's not like, okay, good. I mean, I shouldn't say good, but at least it's not like for the elementary school. <laughs> at least it's for the entire Addison yeah. School District. That yeah. makes it less annoying, but anyway. Right, so the, the Ferrisburg principal and I have a mutual respect between one another, even though there's a huge dividing line drawn in the, in the sand as to where we both stand. Mm. Um, she's new to the school this year. Um, I have a lot of care for, for her as a person. Um, so every single conversation has been very diplomatic. It's been loving and kind, but it's been firm with what we expect as parents. It has to be. And so I, I sat there with this other mom as my witness and the principal and the district equity coordinator. I said, where is the transparency? When I called them out on the lack of transparency, it wasn't until that moment that the principal stuttered and said, well, well, well we're being transparent with you now. Oh, 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 oh. Don't look at everything we were doing. Just consider what's happening now. Mm -hmm. um, that is always, uh, that's another tactic. Let's divert from the problem. Let's just not let, uh, uh, oh, do, you yeah. guys, I'm going to start, I'm going to start preaching here. I'm going to get all fired up. I can already tell. Oh, okay, wow. So, we had a 45 minute meeting. I asked a ton of questions. I called them out. And then, and so what came from that conversation? Yeah. So, you know, I even asked the question, I said, some parents feel that the age appropriateness of this material is too heavy for children. Correct. And the principal responded, she said, Tara, I believe that it's too heavy if they don't know. So she gave a personal experience as to why she felt that it was, you know, too heavy if they did not know this material and information about gender ideology and sexuality. Yeah, and so that's let's be let's be clear about what she said yeah. that um, if that it's too much for them not to know. So it's gender ideology. It's uh, comprehensive sexual education. So that includes gender ideology, that includes transgenderism, that includes LGBTQIA+, that includes um, woman safe coming in at the kindergarten level. They are bringing in naked baby dolls <gasps> with anatomy, with the whole entire genitalia on the baby doll for the male and for the female. And they are explicitly teaching the terms of the anatomy to the kindergartners. So one of the one of the things that, <clears throat> and I, I I can't remember if I shared this with you previously. One of the things that is so shocking to me about all of this is that psychologists have known for years that exposure to this kind of stuff, even even innocent exposure, can create the same kind of trauma in a child as if they were actually touched or sexually abused. Yes, that is correct. And so um, I. I've shared this story with people before that um, when I was about 10 years old, I saw the movie The Accused with mm. Jodie Foster, and there's a violent gang rape scene in that. And I didn't understand that was actually affecting me as an adult. And when I, I brought it up to my therapist, he was like, Erica, that is a trauma. That is a sexual trauma that you experienced, and it's right. going to color all of these other things in your life. No wonder X, Y, and Z is the way that you feel, think, and whatever. So if, if psychologists know this, if we know scientifically that exposure to even simple things like a, a Playboy magazine creates a traumatic imprint on a child, 
How are they getting away with adding this kind of curriculum to elementary schools? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, I can't. Mm -hmm. The teachers feel that they know what is best for the children. So it's like science is out the window. We don't care about psychology. We don't care about what we know about childhood yeah. development. We're gonna just throw That's it all correct. out the window. Well, critical thinking even in, in and of itself is not developed until around the age of 21. If we have mm. laws in place for, you know, even drinking alcohol, yep. if the age limit is 21, how is it any different with teaching these sorts of gender ideologies to children? If you tell a child they can be a unicorn, if they can be an astronaut, if they could be, you know, anything they want to be, they'll believe you. Rise, people, human beings rise and fall to the level of expectation. Hmm. That is another thing that they have proven over and over again scientifically. And yet we're just, again, we're foregoing what we know to be true, what has been proven for the sake of feelings of adults, hmm. that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, children are making adult decisions as minors, and that's that's the concern here, is that children are being taught they can be transgender, they can be all these different things, they can be anything they want to be, and they will have the support of the teachers backing them up. I'll give you an example. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> there is an A-bar district reading program for Addison Northwest School District. It is the entire school district, kindergarten through sixth grade. One example of the books is When Aiden Became a Brother. It's a book about a biological female, a girl who was born and decided that she did not identify as a female. She wanted to be a male. So she started to go through her transgender process. And this is a cartoon book that is read. It's even a YouTube read aloud that the teachers are actually asked by the district. This ABAR district reading program stands for anti-bias, anti-racist. And so this whole program, um, every month, these teachers have to read these books to the children. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I, I okay, uh, this is what, I told you guys, I was like gonna, oh God, talking about it makes me so mad. I just, when you start, not even talking about just the gender stuff, but when we start introducing these ideas of racism, of prejudice, of mm -hmm. uh, oppressed and oppressor, mm -hmm. aren't we just offering up things yeah. to be considered that kids would not have thought sure. about otherwise? Yeah, it gets their minds thinking. It gets their minds wondering. I mean, this is a billion dollar industry with pharmaceutical sales and procedures. So there, there is an, an agenda behind this, but there also is the fact that, you know, the principal said, I've known people who identified as something else. And had they had the support back then, you know, I am not against the LGBTQIA plus community. I want to say that here right now. I yes. have compassion and I have empathy for them. They are people who want to belong and be accepted. I told the principal, I said, this is not my issue. My issue is that you are teaching things to my children without parental knowledge and consent, first and foremost. And secondly, the lack of transparency. At least tell the parents what is being discussed behind closed doors so that we can have roundtable discussions at home. But isn't that the whole point is that they're saying you can't be trusted, which is why um, there is a bill, as an example, in Vermont that says um, that the teachers and the school can keep information from the parents. That's correct. Uh, they, they believe that the, the schools believe, the teachers union, the national school board, whoever it is, believes 
that you as the parent cannot be trusted. And therefore it's okay to lie to you and for the school district, the administrators and everyone else in the school to know things about your children, yes. to know whether violence is happening in the school. They don't think you as a parent can be trusted with that information. And it's like they're trying to keep the children safe from the parents, from their parents, as if they know better what a child needs and and will be there to suffer the consequences right, with absolutely. that. Absolutely. Parents' rights are being usurped. And this is not just happening here in our state of Vermont. It is happening nationwide. I'm actually right. native to Portland, Oregon. And I'm hearing examples of things happening at schools in the district from teachers and, and people who are behind the scenes saying that bills are being placed um, into action that are turning into a laws that allow children to receive gender-affirming care, even from the school nurse. Oh God, okay. So this is, and this is I think part of what makes it so egregious and gross to me is these, okay, we're giving hormones, okay? When you mess with a person's hormones, it creates a cascade of other problems and, and consequences in the human body. And so that's why even, um, you know, there's a war, there's a push to have birth control over mm. the counter. Mm. And I'm like, that's that's estrogen and progesterone and things like that. These things, number one, cause cancer. They change the, the um, m brain chemistry and the way that things develop. It's not just about your, right. your sex organs right. being messed with. Right. It affects your thyroid, your pituitary gland. I mean, it is, it is, it will be detrimental in a way that cannot even be conceived of, mm -hmm. and yet we're just we're just throwing it around. Things yeah. that are prescriptions that cause cancer, that create blood clots. Sure, and, uh, it's a form of sterilization as well. And so, yes, children are being targeted. Children are absolutely being targeted, and you know their minds are are young, they're pliable, and so it is definitely an issue. So. Okay, so we know this stuff is going on, right? Yeah, I we, wanna give an example. May I give an example yeah. of, so there's yeah. Chloe Cole. I'm not sure if you've heard of Chloe oh, Cole. Oh yes, yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. So here's an example of a 15 year old girl um, who is now saying that she felt forced and coerced by her providers to receive a double mastectomy and hormonal um, substitutions to begin her transgender process. She's now 18 years old <sighs> desiring to detransition. And you know what thing, what's so, what, I keep saying what's so crazy as if the whole thing isn't crazy. I just got to even take that out of my vocabulary because it is just outrageous, all of it. I hear practitioners and nurses thing, say things like, well, you can just put boobs back on. You can just add breasts back. And mm. it's like, yeah, no, you can't. Right. So a mammary this... is a very specific yeah. thing that is intended to feed a baby. Mm -hmm. um, if you remove that, not to mention the, 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 not that your breasts are, you know, having a major effect on your health outcomes, but you're just removing body parts mm -hmm. that do stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, so Chloe Cole has a, a lawsuit going with Alliance Defending Freedoms, I believe, at the moment, or um, excuse me, it might be Liberty Council. Okay. Yeah, um, it's, we'll, a, it's a legal national team. We'll, we'll look it up. The, we'll put it in the, the description. <laughs> yeah, so Chloe Cole is, is asking others to join her. She wants to detransition. She said, I made an adult decision as a child. And that's the that's what is most important for us, I think, to be talking about. Um, I I don't remember. It was somebody from Vermonters for Good Governance I was talking to who said gender transition as a child cannot be informed consent because they haven't, I mean, to be to be maybe crude about it, they haven't had an orgasm. They haven't had an orgasm and they haven't had sex. And so if you give a child hormones or gender affirming care that makes it so that they can never achieve climax or orgasm, then that is the definition of uninformed consent. They don't know what you're taking away from them. Yeah, correct. And uh, we have another case in the UK, the gender, um, the Tavistock Gender Clinic. There's a thousand families coming forth with children who have mutilated bodies from their gen transgender processes. And uh, it's a class action lawsuit that is against the Tavistock Gender Clinic. Do you think the superintendent of Ferrisburg, if, if they had a, a student that was anorexic, who believed that they were too fat uh, and therefore were starving themselves, do you think the solution from that superintendent, from that school district, from, from the A-bar teaching, do you think they would encourage that child to go in for liposuction? No, no, I do not believe that they would. And so, you know, back to the, when Aiden became a brother, when the principal, you know, the, the teachers, I even know of teachers who do not desire to read these materials to the children, although they are terrified of losing their positions. So after these books are read or the YouTube video is played, the principal, my third grade daughter said, the principal came into her classroom to answer questions on sexuality for the entire class. There was a ton of confusion for the third graders after this book was read. So, you know, they had questions as, how can a woman marry a woman and have a baby together? So the principals asked, you know, answering these questions for the third graders. Yeah, I know it's speechless. I mean, it's it's hard to comprehend. I've been living this. You know, I've had time to let it sink in and process and to take action. You know, the the principal and the teacher said verbatim, "This is our favorite book and we will be reading it again later this year." And my daughter said that the teacher hinted at, the principal hinted at that if you feel similar as to this child in the book who's gone through their transgender process the child in the book even says toward the end of the book my parents made a mistake they didn't know what gender i wanted to be i wanted to choose my own name for myself and so this book is about you know the mother being expectant with her second child and so this transgender uh, child is saying i want to help pick the name for the baby let's make it gender neutral let's let's make it so the baby will be able to have a name and be able to choose their gender identity for themselves when they get to a certain so age. So it's even, they're under my, the, the, the thing that is so gross and insidious about some of these books that I've heard about is in addition to that and with the help of the teachers teaching it, 
it is done with the intention of undermining the parents and undermining the relationship yeah, yes, of the parent and child. Yes. If we say your parents made a mistake or your parents aren't safe to tell the truth to, what kind of damage additional mm. let's keep secrets oh my god tara yeah if and oh my god i know if it was anybody <laughs> else saying that to to our kids yeah. we would lock them up and say that they were a child molester we would say that they were grooming the child yeah why is it okay <laughs> why is it okay for the school district to do something that if it were an individual person mm -hmm. we would have them arrested and go to jail Right, so that's the thing is behind the scenes, as I keep saying, it's without parental knowledge and consent. There are even stories on the West Coast of children choosing their own pronouns and changing their names. And so teachers make actually a new uh, chart or um, thing for the child where they are actually starting to do procedures for these students without parental knowledge and consent because they're under a new identity. <gasps> Oh my God! The child, you know, may have had a certain name, and they, be, you know, decide that they identify as a, the opposite sex, and so they choose a different name. And the teachers are actually creating files for these children under their new identities. Oh my God! The undermining of the family and what that kind of confusion can do to a child. Oh my God! I. Oh, this makes me so sad. These poor little children, they must be so confused. Yeah. And think about, you guys, think about when you were a little kid. I don't know if you experienced this, Tara, but I, I will share that when I started my period, when I was a child, oops, I'm, I'm, I'm mushing my microphone over here, you guys. When I started my period, I was so angry and I was so frustrated and I just remember being so uncomfortable in my body and nobody really talking to me about that. Nobody saying why it was beautiful to be a woman and all the benefits and how great it would be and that yes, it's uncomfortable, but nobody, nobody talked to me about that stuff. I just remember being very bitter and frustrated and you know, because it's uncomfortable and it hurts and you know, whatever. If I had been, if I had hit that age today, somebody would have said to me, well, the reason you're uncomfortable in your body is because you should have been a man or you should have whatever. As if pubescence and growing up isn't hard enough, you know, boys and girls picking on each other. Your body is changing. You are trying to figure out your place in the world. There starts the separation from your parents to begin with and the self-actual... It's a lot. To add yeah. that much confusion to the process and then also to say that your family is not safe, right. your church is not safe, whatever group you are a member of is not safe. So you're already experiencing all these changes that are normal and uncomfortable. And now we're telling you you're unsafe on top of it. Right. What kind of sick awful thing is that mm -hmm. to do to a child yeah. well it's all about equity it's all about equity right Ugh. and so that was something that i brought up in the meeting with the principal and the district equity coordinator for ferrisburg i said you know it doesn't feel equitable for the families who desire to opt out of this type of curriculum and material and are they not acknowledging like are they just totally uh pretending like this kind of stuff doesn't affect the kids negatively in any way are they or are they justifying in your conversations? I'm, yes. I might be asking you to speculate here, Tara, but is are they are they saying whatever damage it does, 
doesn't matter because there's this other benefit. Are they mm. justifying mm. it in some way? I think they genuinely believe that they are helping the children and it's justified in their minds. Um, although, you know, so many, so many research um, and statistics are coming out that children who go through their transition process or teenagers who go through their transition process, even adults now who have gone through gender affirming care, they are not comfortable in their own bodies. Still. They say they say that it did not help the physical procedures, the hormonal injections, the mastectomies, all of the rearranging of body parts has actually only increased their disdain and their hate for life because they are now in physical pain. Oh God, can you imagine? Oh my God, I'm gonna throw up, I'm sorry. It just, when I think about the emotional turmoil, I get physically ill. I have a physical reaction because I know how uncomfortable I was. And to imagine someone in that state of, of, of suffering or, or perceived suffering, and then instead of saying, oh no, you are perfect and you are beautiful. Let us help you and love you. Mm -hmm. Let us help mm -hmm. you understand the mm -hmm. feelings that you're having. Instead of, of, of giving that loving care to help people understand what's going on, we're saying, right. no, 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 we're affirming you in your discomfort. And instead of, yeah. and instead of helping you find comfort, yes. we're gonna lop off body parts, we're gonna give you hormones and medications that are gonna make you sick and create all kinds of problems. Just adding to your physical discomfort. Right. The, uh, how do they imagine that that is actually going to help when it's really just adding more stuff to try to cope with? Right. Oh my God, the physical, you guys, I don't know if you know this, but even just the physical recovery for like breast implants and things like that, you can't lift things. You can't work for a month. You can't, you can't. Yeah. So yeah, even, you know, back to Chloe Cole's case, for example, it's just, it's crazy. There are laws and there are even laws in the state of Vermont for counseling. If a child comes to a counselor, if somebody comes to the counselor, you have to affirm gender identity. You have to affirm. There's, there's no redirecting. Children have one option and, and they are being guided and directed without having informed consent. This is so gross. Okay, so Tara, now we've talked a lot about the problem, right? We've identified that this stuff is not good for children. We've identified that it is in fact going on. It's not just in Ferrisburg, it's all over the state, it's all over the nation. That's correct. Now you, in the pursuit of transparency and understanding what was going on in the classroom, you actually had a lot of conversations with the administration and and they said some things and shared some things that um, are that are actionable legally, right? That they they admitted to behaving in a way where if you chose to take legal action, you could. That's correct. And and so what I what I really am want to dig into a little bit is what is that and then and what were the things that they said? And then, um, and then what are some of the actions that those parents listening across the country can then listen for and take action on?
Yes. So would yes. you share, share with the viewers a little bit about um, how those conversations with the administration went and what sort of egregious uh, things that they admitted to? Yeah, so at the end of the meeting with the principal and district equity coordinator, and just to remind you, there was another mom as my witness, and we're oh, pulling our right. children out of health class. Okay, so these are families pulling their children out of health class. And the, the principal said at the end of the 45-minute meeting, she goes, we still have a problem. Mm. She said, what are we doing about health class? Oh. And she had to relay a message from the district superintendent to us. She said we needed to go to the district superintendent, but the message that she relayed was, if you do not put your children back into health class, you will need to find alternative schooling. I'm, we what? were verbally threatened in so many words to leave the school district. So if you don't want your children to have random people talking to them about their genitalia, you're not allowed to be in school or they yeah. would not be allowed to be in school. That is correct. We would have to find alternative schooling was what they were hinting at. Wow, okay. Yeah. We could tell that the principal was very uncomfortable to deliver that message. Okay. She said she was delivering it from the district superintendent and that we would need to uh, seek her out next. So I went to the district superintendent. I had an in-person meeting with her. And um, at this point I had sought some legal counsel and I learned that what they are doing is actually illegal and unconstitutional. So if a parent wants to choose to opt out, they need to provide those opt out options. Okay. So I- And is it just health class that parents can opt out of or is, it, is, that, an, is that supposed to be an option for anything? It is supposed to be an option for anything. The issue is the principal admitted this, these gender ideologies, the comprehensive sexual education, the LGBTQIA pride movement, transgenderism, all of those things are infiltrated throughout the entire curriculum. We're talking about math, we're talking about English, we're talking about science and history. So if a, if a child has a question about gender identity in the middle of math class, the principal said, we will stop math and answer that child's question so everyone can receive the answer at the same time. We don't want all the children to be confused Wow. We want to answer their questions for them. And my understanding from educators is it, it really is being infused into the curriculum. It's in the way that the questions are asked. It's um, the book choices being made. It's right. all of these right. things. So when I had a, a meeting with the district superintendent, one of the first questions I asked her was, what is the name of the curriculum? She said, there is no name to the curriculum. I said, could you please explain that further? She said, sure. She said, we have to, as teachers, we can make up our own curriculum and we just have to make sure that it meets the Vermont Department of Education requirements and standards. The teachers are actually making up their own curriculum, which is typical to, you know, teachers make up their curriculum, but this allows leeway and room for anything to be interjected. But that's what it used to be teachers, they make their own lesson plans, not their own curriculum. Mm. So I'm curious, Wow, okay, so there's not like, expect, oh, okay, keep going. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm like, then I'm so okay. astounded, I, I can't I even it's make a, a question right now. Oh my God, it's okay. It's shocking, it's absolutely shocking. Okay, so, so we're gonna interrupt math, right? The superintendent yeah. is like, we're gonna do whatever. Mm -hmm. Okay, keep going. Yeah, so that that's what they do. But the second question I asked the district superintendent was, are these schools accredited? 
And now schools do not need to be accredited um, for college purposes, especially at the elementary uh, level is my understanding. Although when I asked her that question, she wouldn't answer me. So at the end of the meeting, we come back full circle. She said, do you have any more questions? I said, yes, I do. I said, you did not answer one of my questions. I said, are these schools accredited? She said, no. They used to be under the New England Accreditation Services um, or something of the sorts. They are no longer held accountable to anyone. That is shocking. That So there's no... And now Ferrisburg is not the only school district. Um, I happen to know, I believe Winooski also isn't. There are some other school districts um, that aren't even up to snuff according to state standards, mm -hmm. let alone any sort of mm -hmm. national accrediting mm -hmm. or things like mm -hmm. that. So, mm -hmm. so they're creating mm -hmm. lesson plans and curriculums around this this ideology, but then nobody's double checking to make sure the kids are actually learning math. That's correct. Reading? Yeah, my daughter said there's not much new that they're learning this year in school. She feels behind. And, you know, we've already been behind because of the couple years of, of uh, COVID and all those things. And so the children want a challenge. Children are so capable of so much That's more so and true. they are not being offered what they need. So the focus has been off of academics, more on political agenda. It's been very plain and evident. And so when I asked the superintendent, I said, you know, I'd like to come observe. I brought this up again. And she said, no, we're not able to allow you to come observe classroom time. I said, you know, I even mentioned, I said via email, what if we had a Zoom, a, you know, a Zoom call where parents could, you know, at least be observing health class or be observing. But remind you, this is not just health class. This is the entire I, curriculum. So right. you can't just say it's health class. So, you know, I asked, I asked the district superintendent of Addison Northwest School District, I said, I would like my children to be able to opt out. I'd like them to be in the library, in the front office, at the, in the hallway, at the tables. You know, our taxpayer dollars go to pay these teachers. We have enough personnel and staff in the, the building to be able to accommodate. And she said, we cannot make these accommodations. Wow. Okay. So the, the verbal threat was something, you know, of, of being kicked out of the school district. We knew that that would not be easy to get into writing. They're not going to want to expose themselves. And, right. you know, I kept a very civil and diplomatic email correspondence going back and forth with this district superintendent. And we came to the point where I presented legal opt-out forms. Parents do not know their rights. Parents need to know their rights. I sought out um, parents' rights in education. Okay. If you remember anything from today, Today. Parents', Parents rights, rights in Education is a national organization. Parents, you need to register. It takes three to five minutes to get on their email list to become a part. They have trainings online for parents to know how to school, go to school boards and present themselves well and have success. We need to be taking a stand, going to our school boards. You might be saying, oh, well, that's just not me. I can't do that. We need to do something about this. I mean, if you're not going to fight for your kids, you know, I think that's one of the things that needs to really be drilled home is mm -hmm. if you as a parent are not defending your children, if you're mm -hmm. not standing mm -hmm. up against mm -hmm. this ideology, yes. you are participating in the traumatization and 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 pain yes. being inflicted yeah. upon your children. Yeah, your hands are also not clean in that regard. You know, you you uh, you need to take a stand, and we need to stand together as one voice. That's right, and and so. So you, you managed to maintain a civil tone. You were able to continue to talk to these people and just try to be reasonable. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really important to, to highlight 
everyone, mm -hmm. is if you run around, look, I'm angry. I'm, you know, we were talking oh, on the break. I, I felt very righteously angry. I'm, yes. I am angry. It makes me cry and all of those things. But if we bring that emotion to the table, we unfortunately ruin our message. We ruin the opportunity to yes, really have correct. a message. And so, so you were, you maintained a civil tone. You, you were reasonable in your, uh, the way that you dealt with these people. And so what were you able to get as a result of that? Yeah. So parents rights and education, um, led me to their legal opt out forms on their website. We have Liberty council. We have Pacific justice Institute, these national legal teams who have taken time to put together legal opt out forms. So I presented to Sheila soul, the district superintendent of Addison Northwest school district. I said here, here are legal opt-out forms. I said, here's the human non-consent, you know, um, sexuality, comprehensive sexuality, non-consent form. Here's this, and here's another opt-out form. I said, I would like these to be placed on my children's permanent files. Now, this is not an agreement. This is not a formal agreement. She simply needed to sign to say that she's at least received them. She mm. said, I'm not willing to sign anything. So my understanding from local, my local attorney is that any family who is out of the public school system, who's homeschooling, who's doing alternative schooling, who's in private schooling, if you've left the public school system due to these indoctrinations or gender ideologies or other concerns, you have legal room for a lawsuit. This is illegal and unconstitutional. So it's actually illegal for them to be teaching this stuff. It is illegal for them to force families out of the public school and not provide these opt-out options. Wow. Okay. So they're so they're doing all kinds of wild stuff. We already know that the, what they're doing is terrible. And then if you try to assert your legal rights as a te as a parent, they're saying we're just not gonna we're not gonna acknowledge it. We're right. not gonna recognize so it. So we had another email exchange, the district superintendent and I, and she said, Tara, it is clear we are at an impasse. Okay. So therefore, there is nothing I can do for you. So it's take your kids out or make them attend class. That is correct. She said, you know, we have LGBTQIA+, you know, transgender community. We are an affirming, equitable community. Therefore, if you are not going to sing a tune with us, you need to leave. So if I don't want a stranger talking to my children about their genitals and sex, that means you're unaffirming and you're unwelcoming and and whatever. I mean, that is just what an yeah, outrageous I told her, thing I said, to say. I do, I do not expect my children to to treat these people, LGBTQIA+, transgender community, any different than they would treat anybody else. I am called, you know, teaching my children to love, not judge. And mm. I know it sounds like I'm being judgmental. That's not my heart here. No. My heart here is that teachers and the curriculum has crossed a definite boundary line and it is affecting our children in a negative way. Well, and that's one of the things that, see, I keep saying that. What is one of the things? It's all good. The, the <laughs> idea that if I don't want my child to have to be sexualized, that that means I'm judgmental or mean or, um, or that I don't care about gay people or things like, it's so, it's this, the way that they change words around, I mean, it really is gaslighting, yes. right? So yeah. it is, if you, if you acknowledge the reality that talking about sex 
with children, traumatizes them, that means you are not affirming the identity of an adult. That's one of the things, that's what is so wild to me is you're literally saying that these children are required to be traumatized in order to save the feelings of some adults. I, I don't know how to see it any other way than that. Yeah. We're gonna make children responsible for adult feelings. Mm -hmm. And if they say, wait, what was it they said um, at the at the uh, school event? So, okay, so right. you were sharing with me there was an event. Yeah, so this goes back to the, sorry, the meeting with the principal and the yeah. district equity coordinator. So when okay. I called them out on the lack of transparency, they said, we will be start becoming more transparent. Because I said, this should be in newsletters. I said, mm. this should be on the overview sequence and scope. If you're okay. going to be talking about these things, you need to let the parents know. Yeah, that's fair. That's reasonable. That's absolutely reasonable. And so they said, okay, well, the way we'll accommodate that is we'll start informing more. They looked at each other. They actually said, we could run with this. Oh, good golly. So they that's put not together good. three equity session series in Virgins at the middle and high school. And so these sessions were led by the district equity coordinator and middle school and high school girls or however they, you know, whatever pronouns they identify with. Oh, so the with, students. The students led the equity sessions. So the first one was supposed to be, you know, who we are, where we are, as we are, something to that regard. And that one got canceled because there were not enough people interested is what was told. And the second okay. one is what I attended. And so it was very interesting. It was very informative because they did what they call a fish bowl. So they allow, you know, the teacher, they're showing us a, a sneak peek into what is happening in the classrooms at the middle school and high school level. Okay. So the, the district equity coordinator would prompt and ask a question to the middle school and high school students who were participating at this equity session. And this was an invitation to the entire community. I did not see very many parents there. It was mostly the parents of these children supporting them. It was a few teachers, the district, you know, was, you know, some people from the district were there, um, but not very many people attended. And so it was very interesting to observe. And so when these middle school and high school students were being asked questions by the district equity coordinator, you know, it was, we were talking about equity in literature. Why do you think that equity in literature is important? And one of the girls was talking about her background of her parents being gay. And, you know, had this been something discussed in literature sooner, <clears throat> she said that maybe children would be more accepting. And so they actually said, you know, in so many words that children are young and pliable and we need to get them while they're young. Wow. Uh, again, I'm not sure how that's not grooming. How is that not grooming? If they're openly saying, we need to start having these conversations younger, um, that is literally for the intention of, of, of shaping their minds. Yes. And the way that they think about things. Yes. I, right. I feel, isn't that the yeah. definition there, of grooming? There are middle school and high school students who do not want to participate in these things. There was Pride Week last last year, and you know there are teachers who have now retired, and they said it was awful to watch. You know, there's a student, you know, flying his fl a Trump flag while the rest of the kids have their their rainbow flags, and students were crying and begging the teachers, make him take it off, make him take it off because they wanted him to put away his Trump flag and come join them. And, and this kid was singled out. 
and and the way that they're teaching the children behind the scenes, they are they're singling out the children. The children are afraid to even say their own opinion to their history professor or to anyone because they're concerned about being sent out to the resource center, which is actually one of their consequences when they are being disruptive. Oh wow! So it's if if you don't, it's not only about tolerance anymore. It's if you don't actively affirm, if you don't actively participate, Correct. you're the problem. Correct, correct. So there was a group of middle school and high school students um, last year during Pride Week who did not wanna participate in any of the Pride activities. And so there was a teacher who was there to um, try to assist these students, you know, give them a way to opt out of these activities. And um, other teachers came and said, no, they need to participate. And so some of them were guilted and shamed into participating. The teacher actually started crying in front of the students, <gasps> crying, 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 you need to come participate. So a handful of these students who were opting out ended up leaving to join the, the pride activities outside that they were doing. And they saw this other group outside playing Foursquare, you know, they're, they're not participating and they, they wanted to join them again. And, the, and they, the teachers had corralled them to come be a part of the group. And they said, if you choose to leave again, you need to stand here and tell everybody why you're <gasps> leaving our group. I, I cannot imagine that happening right. about anything when I was a kid. Right. I, it's, it's actually teachers bullying students and, and not allowing them to think for themselves. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. I can't even handle it right now. So just to be clear, Tara, if, so that we can make sure that the parents watching understand their rights, mm -hmm. um, the, the school district and the teachers cannot behave like this to their children or to the students. Uh, parents have rights. Um, you can go to parents rights and education. Dot dot org. Dot org to, to get these opt out forms. If they don't, accept them, that is against the law. Mm -hmm. They are not allowed to do that and, mm -hmm. and parents can take legal action. That's correct. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious if, if a, especially if you get three, four, five parents in a school district who are standing up to this ideology and mm -hmm. saying no, mm -hmm. what kind of power that would have. Yeah. yeah, could you imagine if you go to parentsrightsined.org and you, you go down to their opt-out forms, you will see a list of opt-out forms for different things. Mm. Um, it's even like, you know, locker room issues and stuff. They have written up legal forms from Pacific Justice Institute and Liberty Council, as I mentioned earlier. And so you, you fill out these forms, send them in by certified mail to your district. Therefore, they, you have to receive a stub back saying they've received them, which is what I did. And um, I also emailed them to them as well. So I have proof and evidence that they have received them. Therefore, um, but they're also, they're ignoring them at the moment. So you say, what is the purpose of these forms if they're ignoring it? Well, imagine the whole state of Vermont goes to this website, the parents who are concerned, you fill out these forms, you start sending them into your district Wow, you know, they're gonna have to do something about it because there are enough people wanting to opt out. If the school district is saying, well, we're just gonna kick these families out, that doesn't make them look very good now, does it? Exactly, and I just, you know, I really wonder too, Tara, what kind of example you in particular are setting for your children mm -hmm. versus the parents who aren't. Um, 
you are demonstrating what it looks like to stand up for yourself, to protect yourself, to protect your family. The, the example that you are setting for your children by being strong and courageous and powerful and standing up for them to protect them, that is, that is an amazing blessing. And mm. your kids are going to grow up knowing that mom and dad love them and care about them and want yeah. them to be protected. Right. And I just really want to encourage the other parents out there to, 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 to grasp the weight of that um, and what kind of further damage it could mm -hmm. do to your mm -hmm. children mm -hmm. if they know that you're allowing them to be abused mm -hmm. by the school mm -hmm. district. Right. So the parents who are taking a stand, you know, people are concerned about retaliation, right? You mm -hmm. know, there have been instances where my daughter and, you know, these other students of these families choosing to opt out. You know, I still go every Thursday and Friday and take my kids out of health class. Here's an interesting thing. My kids have not been in health class almost the entire year, yet their report cards say they still have an A plus in health class. How is that possible if they're not attending? I is that, oh, is that to like well, manipulate? Well, it, it seems as though they're trying to cover their tracks and, and oh. it's proven that even though I'm entering the building and taking my children out, there's nothing they can do about it. Wow, okay, so that's a good thing. The biggest thing that I want everyone to take away from our conversation today is you do not have to lay down and take it. No. No matter what they say to you. Um, okay, what else have we not covered yet, Tara, that is that, we, sure. that our viewers need to hear? Yeah, Erica, you know, something I want to touch, touch on is what's happening in Montpelier. So people are just so uninformed. You can go to the legislative website and follow what bills are being placed on the House and Senate floor. So we have a bill, H89, that is in effect right now. People, we can stand up. You can do written testimony. If you don't feel like being in front of the camera on Zoom or going up to Montpelier in person, write a written testimony. As a parent, I wrote a written testimony to legislators up in Montpelier about H89. It has passed the House. So H89 is about gender-affirming care, and it is allowing... Um, children to start receiving gender-affirming care without parental knowledge and That's consent. Right. It's actually trafficking children into the state. So, you know, um, peer, you know, people can bring children into the state of Vermont to receive gender-affirming care. Um, on the West Coast, there are actually parents who have been standing up and they are getting formal restraining orders written against them from their school districts as they take a stand. They are not allowed on the school property to pick up their children because they're trying to take a stand. So, you know, the fear of retaliation, we do not need to be afraid. We need to rise together. That's right. We need to take a stand together. So all these different parent groups, every single district needs to come under the umbrella of establishment of parents' rights and education, the national organization, get trained to go to school boards, write to your legislators about these things, speak up, it's time to take a stand. That's, you know, everybody's, I hear a, a lot, uh, uh, I'm busy. Uh, you know, everybody's working. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm a founder you know. and president of a nonprofit organization. I'm a full-time mother and wife. I have so many different things on my plate, so many different balls in the air. I'm a writer, I'm a speaker. You can't say I'm not busy. <laughs> <laughs> on top of advocating for the pub, the children in the public school system. Well, what a, I mean, are you are you too busy to stop people from abusing your child? 
I, I, that's the thing that is so, again, I understand what it is to be busy. Um, you know, I understand that there are a lot of homes that are two income homes and that that can be a challenge and that can be hard. But I have to ask, what is it going to cost yeah. in the end? You know, something I want to say too to the homeschooling families and families who have their children in private Christian schooling or anything else, alternative schooling. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Why are they there? Is it to shield and guard them from what's going on in the public school? Just because your children are attending elsewhere, they're being homeschooled or they're attending private schooling does not mean that you cannot still stand and take action for the other children who are left behind. That's right. Because H, what, what is the H? H89. H89 legalizes, and I, and I cannot stress this enough, people, it legalizes child kidnapping, okay? It says that people can come here and that this is a sanctuary state. So a person, say a, a parent who uh, lives in another state, the other parent doesn't want gender affirming care for their child. They can come here and, the, and this bill says the state of Vermont will not recognize the laws in other states, will not recognize extradition rights. There, okay. It literally says you can legally kidnap your child and start doing gender affirming care. And I and I almost feel like we should stop using that euphemism hmm. um, because it, it just sort of adds, it doesn't, why are we trying to be polite, okay? What mm -hmm. it does is it legalizes child kidnapping, sterilization, and mutil mutilation. Mm -hmm. that's, that's really what it is. It says that before a child is the age of majority, you can cut off body parts, you can start giving hormone replacement therapy, and you can do it in the school without telling parents, without ever acknowledging that it's happening. Right, it's, yeah, there's a shield bill, yeah, trying to protect providers um, against any lawsuit for, for this. Even further, right? Yeah. So it's based, this bill, H89, is, is removing parents' rights to their child saying that the school knows better and can make medical decisions for your child and also legalize kidnapping. Yeah. It's insanity. It's absolute insanity. It is. And if and and that you don't have to have a child in public school to no. think that that no. is terrible and disgusting and no. awful. You know, I met a woman, you know, who said for the last 3 years I've had it on my heart to run for school board. I said, "Why are you not on school board?" She said, "I have my boys in in private schooling." She's like, "I didn't think that I should run." I said, "We need you. We need you." Anybody who is willing to step up, it doesn't a lot of folks also think, oh, I'm not qualified, you know, I don't have a whatever, because, you know, you have folks maybe on the school board or uh, city council here in, yeah. in Burlington, yeah. as an example. Yeah. Yes. Our school board here is filled with a bunch of, of higher income, elitist, out-of-staters that right. have no idea right. or understanding yeah. about the culture or or the consequence of the decisions that they're making yeah. um, they themselves are shielded from the reality mm -hmm. um, and and they're not better they don't make better decisions just because they have some ivy first of all you don't need an ivy league no. education to be on <laughs> no. school board you just have to not be dim and understand that children are malleable and you have yeah, yeah. What an yeah. incredible responsibility mm. that mm -hmm. is, knowing mm -hmm. that you are helping shape the minds, not only the minds of these children, but f the future e economy, the future parents, 
the future, everything. You're mm -hmm. affecting the future mm -hmm. of the United States and of the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and you don't you don't need to have a college degree. Right. You don't need to no. have a fancy job. You just have to yeah. be thoughtful. And I'll reiterate, parentsrightsined.org. If you go to their website, the executive director, Suzanne Gallagher, is a friend of mine. She is amazing. She's a wealth of information. You can do so much on that website. She has worked so hard. All 50 states are coming under her umbrella of establishment because they are providing training for parents to know how to go to school boards. So it's about a 16-hour training. You might be saying, I don't have time for 16 hours. Yes, you do. It takes about a week to do the training. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. Do you have... Do you have time? Do you have time to go to all the therapy sessions and all the medical uh, appointments when your kid has all kinds of health problems? You don't not have time. Touche. Oh, Touché. excuse me. I'm sorry. No, I just, you're ooh, good. You're ooh, good. You're I good. Get, but I want ooh, parents to recognize okay. that they can go, and if you feel unqualified, there is help. Go to parentsrightsined.org. Do their 16-hour free training online. Um, Suzanne, the, the director, said it takes about a week or two. You can do it at your leisure as well. So if you, you know, have your kids in bed at night or however, whatever time of the day it works for you, do yeah. one to two sessions. You take a little quiz at the end. You get certified so that you know how to present yourself well on a school board. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And that that's why we do what we do mm -hmm. so that people know that there are options, mm -hmm. that they are not alone, mm -hmm. no. and that this is, yeah. they don't have to try to overcome all yeah. these hurdles Every by themselves. Every single district in the state of Vermont and nationwide. So we have other parent groups popping up in Randolph and Essex and different places. And so, you know, praise God, people are taking action, but they, they're, they're green, they're fresh, they don't know what to do. So everybody is being encouraged to come under the establishment of parents' rights and education. If you're interested in becoming an affiliate of parents' rights and education, they help motivate, they help keep the mm. momentum going, they help train. equip, yeah, they equip, train, they equip. And so we need to be empowered. And I am here today to empower you to take a stand, become equipped. Here are some tools, here are some resources, here are some things we can do. So if you wanna to continue to learn more, please join me. Absolutely. And so everyone watching, it can be overwhelming. It can be scary. When you look at the landscape, especially in a place like Vermont, and you see everything that is wrong, and all of the ways that the state is trying to strip away your constitutional rights and, and strip away our culture mm -hmm. and everything that we've built here in the mm -hmm. state of Vermont, this is one way that parents or non-parents even, mm -hmm. can mm -hmm. get involved and participate. Absolutely. And this is such a, I mean, if yeah. there is not a topic to rally around, right. more important than our children. Right. This is gonna be a Roe v. Wade, guys. This absolutely is. It's, going to, it's going to be a, like another Roe v. Wade because parents need to take a stand. And I am hoping that Vermont can take a stand and be a precedence, not only for the state of Vermont, but for nationwide as we rise together in unison. And so another thing my local attorney said is that, you know, um, it's, it's so important for parents to take a stand together because as one voice we can. Absolutely. Amen. All right. Now, Tara, 
Uh, tell our viewers if they want to follow up with you, if they want to see where this goes, how, can they follow you on social media? Can they keep up with you? Tell them where yeah, they can go. Yeah, so my local um, school group that is taking a stand in Addison Northwest School District, we are called SOS, Save Our Schools, and we're actually asking all the other districts in the state of Vermont to join us. So we're going to have Addison SOS, we're going to have Essex, possibly SOS, and you know, if we can continue to get that growing in every single district and come under the established of parents' rights and education, that would be an amazing start. So we need we need to do that. We we need to do that. And so um, becoming an affiliate of, of parents' rights is is definitely um, an assist. Well, and I uh, imagine if this kind of movement came out of a place like Vermont, mm -hmm. how much more powerful that will be on the national stage for a liberal state like ours to mm -hmm. take a stand and say mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. uh, we love everyone. We accept everyone. We want everyone to have toler to 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 experience tolerance and acceptance of who they are as a human being. But that does not mean that we hurt people in order to accomplish that. Right. And I think that that heart um, in the culture of Vermont can be. Uh, can be maintained, that loving acceptance of everyone for who they are and how they show up to the world, we can maintain that culture without hurting people. Mm -hmm. And we can do it with love, we can do it with grace, we can do it with kindness, because that is the way that we spread this message, you guys. If we yeah. come out, uh, you can. we can be angry, right? You and I, oh, absolutely. we're angry, we are mad. I'm sitting here angry with a smile on my face and I'm sitting here with a smile on my face because I know that we can bring balance back to the classroom if we choose to do something about it. Yep, and let's not meet hatred with hatred. No. Let's meet hatred with that, with that. Yeah, in, you, you can't in, fight fire with fire now, can you, Erica? That is correct, that is correct. So again, parentsrightsandeducation.org, everybody go check it out, reach out to SOS. Yes. Is there, yeah, sorry, SOS you, will be coming under, we'll have our own Vermont link, so you'll go to Parents Rights and Ed, uh, their national website, and Vermont, um, so our school group will be coming under them. So we'll be posting things. We'll be posting articles. Um, we'll be getting events started. So join us. Yeah, reach out. Be on the lookout for them and, uh, and find out more. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Erica, for Thank having you. me today. Thank you for coming, Tara. I'm yes. so grateful. Yes. All right. Bye, everybody.